Psalm, this Psalm 126, um, what the Lord does, what God does with his children. How many know that God never forget about us? Amen. We are always on his mind, and we're going to see the, the excitement how they rejoice when they were brought back from captivity. Amen. And we should never stay comfortable. We should never lose hope. We should never think that it, it is the end. But God always is taking us higher if we believe him. Amen. So look what it says, verse 1. Psalms 126, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion. Then it says, we were like those who dream. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Men, how many are still dreaming? Men, we should never stop dreaming. Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the worship. Thank you, Lord, that even on this day where many will be rooting, yelling for their team, Lord, the Super Bowl. We get to praise and worship you and give you all glory and honor and praise because you won more than 2,000 years ago on Calvary. Until now, Lord, we are still celebrating and we are still blessing you and glorifying you, Lord, because with you we are winning. So this morning, Lord, I thank you for everyone here and everyone watching. May you speak to us, Lord, by your word, Father. That with you, we always go higher, Lord. I'm grateful for that, Lord, because even this morning, if we would just take a pause, Lord, and think of your faithfulness, Lord, where we were maybe a year ago, five years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, Lord, where we are now, Lord, it's because of you, your mercy and grace. It is you who has brought us higher, Lord, in everything we see, Lord, everything that is happening. My God, we thank you for your faithfulness and all your blessings, and most of all, our salvation that we have in your Son, Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, and I give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a psalm speaks of 
God's children in their return from exile. And many believe that it was under Ezra or Nehemiah or maybe even of David. And it talks about the return from exile because their place, their location, their city was Jerusalem. Jerusalem. That's why the Bible says, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion. The captivity of Zion. Zion means it's the mountain of God. The mountain where Jerusalem was located. Zion. And as the scripture says, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion. Or another translation says it differently. It makes more sense. It says, it says when the Lord brought back. His exiles to Jerusalem, Zion. It says it was like a dream. Have you ever been there? Where it becomes a reality. Something that maybe you have been believing God or prayed about. It. And I'm sure they, they pray they wanted to be back. In other words, they wanted to be back at home. They wanted to be back in Zion, in Jerusalem, where God dwelt. And this morning, church, I want to encourage you, challenge you, to not stop believing God. To not stop of dreaming. Just like these people, God's children, they just wanted to be back at home. And this morning, I don't know what might be that you are believing God. Not sure what, where you are at standing right now. Though we know that we are standing in the Lord Jesus Christ. But in the real world that we live in, I do not know you know where you are believing, praying, and desiring to be in that one place. And many times it seems like one can lose hope or we think that there's no more answers or that it's a done deal. Nothing is happening. Like if everything stopped, there might even be fear, might be afraid. But notice that the Bible says, when, what does it say? When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion. And this morning, church, I want to say, when the Lord. See, 
you, we need to understand this. The Lord has to be involved. I don't know if you have heard about what they call the ostrich effect. That big old bird. It's a big bird. But that big bird, see, he could be big on the outside. But this big bird, this ostrich, when he senses fear or any type of anxiety, the first thing it does, it sticks his head in the sand. What does it do? It hides. It hides because of fear or anxiety. And it's real easy as a human being. Many times one is wired that way. So what happens many times even one wants to avoid any type of uncomfortable situation. Why? Because it's so easy to do. But the Bible says, when the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. Church, I just want to say this morning, what you are believing, that dream is going to become a reality. Amen? He says, when the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. Now notice, depending on your, the, the version you read, like in the King James Version, on the top, it will say the songs of degrees. The New King James Version says a song of ascents. And that word, the meaning of it, it, it talks about elevation. Hear me out what I'm going to say. Elevation. Literally, it means a journey, a journey. See, you and I, we are in a journey right now. But this word, the meaning, it means a journey, here it is, to a higher place. Amen? Why? Because Jerusalem was in the higher place. Church, don't forget, that's why I said in the morning, the, the topic is you are going higher. Amen? You and I are going higher. The Israelites, God's children, they were excited. They were joyful. Why? Because the Lord brought them back to where? To Jerusalem. Because at one time they were exiles. They were not in their town. They were not in their place. But how many know that God is faithful? Amen. God is so faithful. And I can assure you that they might have thought, you know what? God forgot about me. But see, God has not forgotten his children and God has not forgotten about you. Amen. And that's why it says in verse 2, then our mouth was filled with laughter. Hallelujah. When it says that the Lord, I just, I mean, just in that right there, you could preach a message. It says, when the Lord brought back, every time when it talks about return, brought back, it's always the meaning, what it's saying is that 
the word repentance. The Lord brought back the captivity of Zion. Church, this morning, God is going to bring you back. Amen? God's going to bring you back. And, and I don't know what it is. You know what it is where you're believing God, where God is going to bring you back. And notice that it says, then our mouth was filled with laughter. Now, remember, before laughter, there was a what? A dream. And part of the meaning, it means to be healthy. It is to be strong. When it talks about dream, he says, we were like those who dream. In other words, they were just waiting for that reality. Where once again, they would be what? Strong, healthy. Why? Because they were in Jerusalem where God was at. I don't know if you're getting to church this morning. Every time that you and I are in God, every time you and I are connected to God, Every time we are walking with God, you and I are healthy spiritually. You and I are strong spiritually. I mean, the meaning of the dream means this. That it was so good to be true. But that's the way God works. Amen? He's going to make it. I mean, when you get there, you're going to be like, there's no way. But guess what? God gets all the glory and honor. Amen. When that time, maybe right now you don't understand it. Maybe, you know, it's you, you might think, you know what? It, it is impossible. But let me tell you something. When it does come true, it's going to be so good that you're going to say, wow, this Nobody did this except Almighty God. I mean, <laughs> they were in the days, man. They were so like, wow. Let me tell you, let me give you an example in the Old Testament. Remember Joseph, the young man Joseph? All his brothers were hating on him, remember? They were hating on you, so what did they say? You know what? Let's get rid of them. But when you read the passage, the Bible says that they sold him. Amen? And even after years and the famine came, the brothers came looking for food. Um, the dad, you know, Jake thinks he's already dead. But I'll, I'll read it to you. Look what it says. Genesis 45, verse 26, 28. Look what they did tell their father, Jacob. I'm going to read the New Living Translation. It says, Joseph is still alive. They told him. And they go, and, and to top it off, he is the governor of the land of Egypt. Now, you got to remember, the brothers at one time also thought that he was gone. The father. And they're telling his dad, Jacob. And the Bible says that Jacob, here it is, was stunned at the news. 
Church, how would you like to be stunned with good news? What you're believing God for. And the Bible says that Jacob, the father, he couldn't believe it. But when they repeat it to Jacob, see, when you know they have to repeat it, it's because, hey, there's no way. They repeated to Jacob everything, here it is, that Joseph had told them. And when he saw the wagons Joseph had sent to carry him, their father's spirit revived. Then Jacob exclaimed, look what he says, it must be true. My Joseph is alive. I must go and see him before I die. And when you read, he did get to see him before he died. That's powerful, church. Because many times God will do what he has to do before your time. And you get to see it. Let me give you another example in the New Testament. Peter. Peter's in prison. The church is what? Praying for Peter. Amen? And when we pray, God has all the tools. God has all the resources. He knew what to do. He knew what he had to do to get Peter out of prison. But the Bible says, when you read the scripture, it says that God sent his angel. And it says in the book of Acts, chapter 12, verse 9, it says, So Peter left the cell. Following who? Following the angel. But all the time, that's what I'm reading that says, but all the time he thought it was a vision. In other words, he thought he was dreaming. He didn't realize it. It was actually happening. That's how they were. The Bible says we were like those who dream. They, they were like amazed at what God had done with them. And church, this year, if you can only believe, God is going to surprise you. Amen? God is going to surprise you. And there's a reason for it says, and our mouth was filled with what? With laughter. And it says, and our tongue was singing. Our mouth was filled with laughter. Are you ready to laugh? Not, not, I'm not just talking about a, a normal laugh, a laugh that you laugh with, you know, a person. No, a laughter that where you're going to say, you know what? This is nothing but the Lord. The devil thought he had won, but no, Christ has the last answer. And, and it's so powerful that it's only a God thing that only God can do. That even the people around will be amazed. That's why the Bible says, then they said. Who said? It says, then they said among the nations. The nations are the people. What people? The heathen. The unbeliever. When the Bible says nations talking about the heathen, 
the people, they are the ones that they are going to say. Then they said among the nation, look, what did they say? What did the heathen say? They said, the Lord, the Lord has done great things for them. You better get ready, church. Those around you that don't believe that there is a Savior and his name is Jesus Christ, they're going to see what only God can do in your life. Amen. And they're the ones that are going to say, the Lord has done great things for them. Church, this year God's going to do great things for your life. Great things. Notice it doesn't say good, it says great. Hallelujah. And that word things, it means, you know what it means? It, it means large. God's going to do something big. Something large. Don't tell me that when you order fries, you get the small, you get the what? You get the large. Amen. God's going to do something large. God's going to do something big that only God can do. And nobody else can do it. Only God can do it. But then I like how it says in verse 3. I like verse 3. Look what he says in verse 3. First, the psalmist, he says, the nations are going to say, the Lord has done great things for them. But look at verse 3. The Lord has done great things for who? For us. See, they, they get to see it. Here it is. But we get to experience it. Amen? I don't want to see anybody else being blessed. I want to experience. I want to experience. Amen? They only get to see it, but we get to experience it. And you got to believe, church, that this year you're going to experience it. That what you are dreaming, what you're believing God for, that God is going to get all the credit and all the glory and the honor. Because the Bible says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Amen? You and I ask and we think, but God is thinking more. You and I ask, but God is giving you more. And it says, according to the power that works in us. That's why it says the Lord has done, has what? Has done. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. And, and I just like the way he, he says that the Lord has done great things for us. And look what he says. And we are what? We are glad. We are glad. Anyone glad this morning? Amen. No, no, I'm serious. Anyone glad? No, not just, um, oh, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. When you look it up, the meaning, it does, it's not talking about just being glad. The meaning, it means to make a triumphant, joyful noise. 
It means to brighten up. Amen. It's to shout. It's to glorify God. It's to have joy. God has done great things in my life. Not just, no, no, no. It's not just being glad. It's about being joyful. It's about, you know, shouting, giving God praise. Look what the Lord has done. Amen. Hallelujah. The word means to be brightened up. From not smiling to smiling. From just standing to jumping for the Lord. It means so much that it's something that people think kind of like thinking, hey, you're, you're nuts. But you know, church, you know, when you're joyful, you don't care what people think. man. Amen. You just don't care. Now notice um, verse 4. Now, now look at verse 4. Now it's going to change up a little bit. This is the second half of the psalm. Verse 4 and forward. And when you read this verse 4, we find out like God, you know, there's still, there's still work that God has to do in all of us, just like with them. Amen? God is still working with us. God is still working with me. There is still work yet to be done. Amen? That's why, we, you know, praise God for everything God is doing. But church, that we never stop dreaming. We never stop praying. We never stop, you know, walking with God just because what God has, what God did once. The good thing is that if God did it, did it once, God can do it what? Again. Amen? If we experience it once, we can experience it again. That's what I love about God. Because, you know, like Pastor Frank said, every day, because every day what? It's a new day. New mercies. New grace. Amen? So he says, bring back our captivity, O Lord. <laughs> he says, bring back our captivity, O Lord. But then it says, as the streams in what? The south. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. The streams in the south would flow. They would flow from where? From the mountains. They would flow down from the mountains because of the rain. And they would just hit home. The streams would come. But here's a, this is what I like. See, here it is, church. Get ready. He says, as the streams in the south bring back our captivity. What that means is that when the streams would come from the mountains because of the rain, it would appear suddenly. When you least expect it. Oh, hallelujah. See, you could be thinking all the contrary. 
What's happening? Why do I feel this? Why I've done this or that? But then suddenly, church, are you ready for that moment? Suddenly, the streams are going to flow. Notice what the Bible says. As the streams in the south, and the meaning, what it means is that what we would, what we would call a flash floods. I declare a flash blessing on your life, church. I hope that time comes when you're so, you are so bored. You, you want to quit. You, you don't want nothing with Jesus. You, maybe you don't want nothing with the church. Amen. Maybe, you, I mean, you're just thinking the worst. But then suddenly, God pours out his streams. A flash flood comes down. And he touches you. God does it. Amen. What man was not able to do, God did it. Hallelujah. I'm waiting, church. I want a flash flood. Super quick. Right when I'm about to sign the divorce paper. Oh, Lord have mercy. A flash flood. Amen. That's going to change your mind. Change your thinking. Amen. Why? Because the stream, the flow of the power of the Holy Spirit was flowing. And that's what happened, church. When you read the book of Acts. The Bible says that suddenly, I love that word, suddenly, amen, hallelujah, praise Jesus. You were about to take your life, but suddenly the Lord came in the room, change your mindset, your thinking, what are you doing, I'm not done with you yet. Greater things are coming your way. Greater things are coming. Your children are coming to Jesus. Amen. And, and it's worth it, church. Let me tell you why. It's worth it. To keep walking by faith. It's worth it to serve Jesus. The Bible says, those, verse 5, who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. You think God doesn't see your tears? But, but let me say this, church. Let, let me say this. God sees your tears. Every time that the Lord touches you, or every time that the Spirit of the Lord comes in that place where you are at, if it's in prayer, the altar, every time that tears, the Lord touches you, the anointing hits you, so you can understand me. 
It is the time, hear me church, to believe God. Don't just shed tears and there's unbelief. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because you can share tears and be in unbelief. But every time that the Lord comes in, that is the moment to have faith in God. That is the moment to praise God. That is the moment to give thanks unto the Lord. Amen. That is the moment to say, thank you, Lord. I believe. Very important, church. Shall reap in joy. And it's the same word, church. Gladness, joy, proclamation. Rejoicing, shouting, a shout of triumph. And it's faith. And I'm going to tell you, why is it faith? Or why do we have to believe God? I'm going to tell you why. Because notice what he says in verse 6. I want you to see this. Verse 6. He who what? There's that word. What? Continually. Church, you got to continue. Don't stop. Don't stop. Continue. Yes, you know, there's moments in your walk with God where the tears are flowing. Amen? The Lord is touching you. The Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is doing something in your life, in your heart. Continue moving forward. Have faith in God. Amen? Have faith in God. Have faith in God in his word, his promises. Amen. Don't stop. Keep serving God. That don't, don't believe. Hear, hear me. This is, this is where the enemy comes and lies to you in your ear. You're wasting time. Nothing's happening. Why, why are you crying? Look at you, he's going to tell you. You're in the same condition. But don't, don't forget the word. It says, continue. He, he who continually goes forth, what? Weeping. See, I could be weeping, but I'm not stopping there. I'm not going backwards. I'm weeping, but I have faith in God. I'm weeping, and I'm still in the house of God. I'm weeping and I still lift up my hands unto the Lord. I'm weeping, it hurts, it's painful, but I still give God glory and honor and praise. And that's what the word means, continually. The, the meaning, it, it's straight up, it, it's, it's the word walking. He says, he who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing. You know, when I was studying that, I was laughing because what it means is that it's like you're carrying a bag with seeds. 
And the meaning means to lift. Grab the seeds, you lift the seed. See, you have seeds, church. Hear me out. You and I have seeds. Amen? We have seeds. Exactly, you, you sow it. The Bible does say those who sow in tears. But we're sowing with an expectation. We're not just sowing. A farmer doesn't just sow seeds. He knows when to sow it. Amen? Every time that the Lord is ministering to you, that is the, the correct thing to do is to continue what? Walking forward and praising God and giving thanks to him. Hear me, church, what I'm saying. That's why Paul in the New Testament, what did he say, Paul? In the book of Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, this is what he says. And this is, church, this is what's powerful about God. He says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will reap. So what does that mean? That means that when you're sowing in tears, you're walking forward, you're believing God, guess what? You're about to get an awesome harvest from God. Nothing is in vain with God. Your harvest is coming. And many of us here this morning, you already seen the harvest. Some are about to see the harvest. Hallelujah. Hey, God, God doesn't lie. The word doesn't lie. The harvest is coming. Church, this morning I declare to you, the harvest is coming. Amen? Get your basket ready because the harvest is coming. The blessing is coming. Hear me, church, again, because I want you to get this. I, this is what I said. Every time, hear me, that the Lord, uh, I'm saying it this week, anytime that the Lord breaks you, anytime that the Lord touches you, anytime that you sense the power, the presence of God, that's the time, church, to keep moving. Walking. That is the time to what? To believe God. To give thanks unto the Lord. One of the commentaries, um, Tyndale in the Old Testament, when he talks about this scripture where it says, he who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, he says that the verb, it talks about a trail. Drawing out a trail of seed. And it says one row at a time. Not just sowing broadly. You know the saying that they say, choose correctly 
Choose right. That's the way it is. That's what it means, church. Don't just hear me, and I say this all with all respect. Don't just weep just because. And I know I'm not, and I'm not saying that it's a fake weep. No. What I'm saying is that every time you do weep, take advantage. Take advantage in the presence of the Lord. There's a book that I'm reading right now. It's a business book. It's called Choose Your Enemies Wisely. But it's not talking about enemies, the people. It's talking about that which is your enemy. Turn it around for the good. If your enemy could be lack of prayer, turn it around for the good. You have to choose those moments, church. Those moments you have to choose correctly. One row at a time. This is the time. And guess what? Every time that you're in a situation like that, church, guess what? Something great is happening. Amen? You have to believe something is happening. It's not, you're not, you're not just right there just because, you know, just, um, you know, there, no, there's a reason is because it's like God saying, okay, I am here with you. What are you going to do now? Where are you going to put your faith in? And notice, and I'm going to finish. Shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. They weep as they go to plant their seed. The New Living Translation. Look what he says. They weep as they go to plant their seed. Notice, they're not just weeping and saying, okay, we're going to stay here. I'm not going to plant a seed. No. That's why I said we continue to what? Walk. We continue to do. Because we're called to be what? Doers. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with what? A harvest. That's why, church, those are the moments you have to believe God. You have to believe God. I have to believe God. What did Jesus tell the sisters? Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? They thought that their brother Lazarus See, and you might feel that way. Like it's over. No, it's not game over. We're running over. That one just came out right now. You know what I'm saying? It's not over. We're running over with God's blessings. Amen. We are running over with God's blessing. He says, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Hebrews 11, 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. How many this morning, church, believe that God is? He is, he was, he is, he will be. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is, here it is, church. I finish right here. And that he is a rewarder of those who what? Diligently what? Seek him. You have to be diligent. You have to be diligent. It's like when you're praying, you're not praying just because you are praying with the purpose. You worship with the purpose. That's what the word diligently means. You work hard. You work smart. Those who seek him. And then at the end, he says, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. That means that when you're coming back, when you're going home, you're coming back with your harvest. You're coming back with your blessing. I don't know about you, church. I'm not coming empty-handed. I'm coming back with my harvest. Amen. I am coming back with the harvest. And the harvest is going to be great for your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Please stand, church, this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. How many are going higher? Amen. You know, what's crazy is that the Bible says that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ. Where is Christ? He's up on high. Amen. Jerusalem was on top of the hill, on top, God's presence. We're called, church, to be on top. To go higher. Like the Bible says, we're going from glory to glory. Just when you read the Bible, you study the Bible, even when he says, you will be the head and not the tail. And praise God for that. Right there where you are, church, if you'll bow your heads. Thank you for joining us for today's message at New Generation Church. For more information, visit us at ecngchurch.com.